It's time to clip your last good piece and dig in because the runout starts now. Today's show is brought to you by Outdoor Research. Outdoor Research invites you to check out their gift guides at OutdoorResearch.com. You can click on a handy gift guide for him, a gift guide for her. Wait, are we still doing that? The whole gender thing? Uh, what? Oh, it's okay at Christmas? All right. Well, wait, what about the war on Christmas? Are we allowed to talk about Christmas? Holiday season. Okay. Holiday season. All right, then. Anyway, gift guides for skiers, climbers, hikers, and more, including a gift guide for stuff under 50 bucks, including, but not limited to, the Ninja Clava. Yes, I said ninja. So check it all out at OutdoorResearch.com. And this year, get your outdoor people something they'll really love. Outdoor Research is a proud, gender-neuter sponsor of the Run Out Podcast this holiday season. The very first time I drove into Yosemite, I almost couldn't wait to lay eyes on El Cap and Half Dome after so much time spent dreaming about one day climbing these formations. I paid my entrance fee and hit the gas on my Nissan Sentra, sputtering ahead until I found myself soon stuck behind a slow-moving rental RV, one of those RVs with a cheesy depiction of Yosemite's famous tunnel view plastered across its back. The irony of the moment was not lost on me. Nor did it ultimately detract from the moment when El Cap finally came into view. Literally took my breath away. Yosemite is the center of the climbing universe. It's the place where style, ethics, rules, techniques, gear, myths, stories, and legends are born. And even after all these years, Yosemite is still very much where it's at. What happens here is almost automatically interesting. Which is why Chris and I are talking about what went down in Yosemite this past season. Big sends, grand failures, and just run-of-the-mill world-class climbing on the best granite in America. This is Andrew Bisharat, and I'm here with Chris Kalous, and you're listening to The Runout. And today, we're geeking out on Yosemite and all the rad people doing rad things there. And before we begin this episode, I must include a serious shout-out to one of the stories we missed, that of big wall climbing pioneer Mark Hudon who returned at age 63 to Freerider and damn near sent the whole thing. He free climbed all but 15 feet, which is definitely one of the best efforts and best stories of the year. Hudon, of course, was one of the first people even to consider El Cap as a free climbing project, exactly 40 years ago when he and his partner, Max Jones, made an audacious bid at free climbing the Salafay Wall. The fact that he returned 40 years later and almost did Freerider, it's just awesome. What an incredible story. And what an incredible sport we have. Gives me all the feels. Okay, I hope you enjoy this episode. On with the show. You know how we usually come in with some sort of midlife issue with children or mm-hmm. our bodies falling apart or our minds falling apart? Well, or coming I, together. Or coming together, right. Yeah. But um, when I was setting up today, I realized that I've, that, no listener knows is that whenever we do these together at your house, you literally sit in a rocking chair while, <laughs> I, while we record these. I've been saving up for a recliner. 
<laughs> so yeah, there's a rocking chair involved in this uh, in this podcast as well. So that that's, this is uh, this is my wife's um, kindergarten rocker that she would have in her classroom. Oh really? Yeah, she'd read children books. Those days chair. are past yeah. though. Yeah, those days are She's past. She's retired from kindergartening. But tonight, what are we talking about? We're talking about Yosemite. Let's put it in context first, because we just had a nice evening, hung out with our families, we had a nice dinner, and now we're, we've kind of retired uh, with our cigars and cognac yeah, to, to the, the study. podcasting study. <laughs> to the podcasting study, yeah. Um, that's true, yeah. And, and we are definitely not talking about climbing um, yeah. up until this moment. So, uh, But we've been thinking about this episode for a few weeks, uh, just because there's been quite a bit of news out of Yosemite this fall. And it's interesting to the both of us, I think, that Yosemite remains uh, still just like year after year remains at the cutting edge of climbing in a lot of ways. It's just the epicenter. Yeah. It's where where it all happens and where dreams are made and hearts are broken. Yeah, totally. And yeah. I think, I mean, it's come and gone. I mean, certainly there's been eras that have sort of ebbed and flowed in mm-hmm. Yosemite, but definitely, you know, as much as bouldering and sport climbing and indoor climbing you know have taken a lot of of sort of light away from the idea of big route climbing and trad climbing but you know in the last few years with uh what's been going on in el cap in the free climbing world you know it still remains in a lot of ways the hardest climbing in the world is being done on el cap even if the grades may be a little higher elsewhere but when you're talking about single pitch climbing versus trying to climb 514 that high after climbing that much it's it's like a whole different ball game it's yeah. still like a crucible yeah. of the best climbers well you see a headline out of Yos- you see a headline out of yosemite and it's just your your ears kind of perk up and you you're like oh what's going on there and it's always rad i mean just the i, I think that's kind of what struck us is that you know after a few weeks in a row of just one headline after another we're like oh wow there's a lot going on in the in the valley this fall you know a lot of the big names around the world were there um, doing their own thing, you know, maybe not the hardest thing that's ever happened in Yosemite or the boldest or sickest thing, but just, just some cool stuff. So we thought we'd talk about that tonight. Right. And what do you want to start with? For me, what was really sweet to see was Hazel doing magic line. I thought that that was just an awesome ascent. And, uh, she, you know, it, it really pushed her from what it sounds like. It was maybe the hardest thing she's done and just sounds like a really unique route, like not, just kind of like fucked up climbing, like not, um, you're not pulling, you're not like having to endure pain. You're just doing some really weird, insecure movements. It's a, it's a slab. I mean, by, by modern standards for sure. And, uh, with a seam on it, a Ron Kalk route and had been repeated one time by his son, or has it been done more than, more than that? I want to say only, only his son Lonnie has done it. Right. And he's done it a few times right. and he did it without, so when Ron did it back in the eighties, I think he, he rated it 14 B mm-hmm. and he did, he climbed it pink point style with pre-placed oh, right, gear. Right, right. Lonnie up the bar a bit and, um, placed his own gear on the ascent and he called that a grade harder. So 14 C. Okay. And that was the style that Hazel used when she repeated it as well. Right. Um, and I think Beth, uh rodden came real close to doing it like she basically she basically one hung the route 
you know, from a, a no hands rest. So I think she, she deserves some credit for being ahead of her time, like 10 years ago, coming really close on that thing. But then I think she just got injured. Yeah. And it sounds like, I mean, I don't know if she'd worked on it before this year, but I mean, it didn't seem like it was that protracted of, mm-hmm. uh, of an attempt on it. I don't think she was there very long. Yeah, I don't know that. So, I'm not sure the backstory right. how much effort she put into it, but it seemed like it was a pretty big deal. Yeah, for her. I mean, it's, it's definitely one of the hardest tr- single pitch trad routes done by a woman. Yeah, for sure. I mean, ever. it's one of the hardest done by anybody. I mean, yeah. it's right up there. There's not stacks of five fourteen trad routes out yeah. there to do. There yeah. just aren't. And so, uh, yeah. So hats off to Hazel for that for sure. And with the other funny thing about this, I just want to flag is that I've noticed on Instagram that Lonnie's been posting one video after another of himself sending this route because I guess he's done three or four, five right. laps on it, whatever. And he hasn't once mentioned no, no, Hazel. I know. It, well, yeah, it's I, I counted the other day. Maybe there's been more. There was seven, seven posts on Instagram of Magic Line since uh, October. Or November twenty fifth, which is I think right when when yeah. Hazel did it. So basically, he did like this barrage without a mention. And in fact, people mention it in his comments. And there's also people commenting, calling him out of like, "Hey, what's up? Is this some sort of like, you know, sort of weird flex on on Hazel?" And yeah, n- not a mention. So it, just it seems is, weird. Yeah, it like seems a like a little strange. And I saw a, a post of the same pictures by Jim Thorberg. First thing of Ron. Oh yeah, of Ron. Yeah. But the first thing he does in in the comment is is congratulate Hazel yeah. on the ascent. That's yeah. what you that's what a normal yeah, what person do. does. Yeah, totally. yeah absolutely. I, no, I've but, met Lonnie once, but I don't know. I mean we didn't really Look, I'm not, you know, I'm not gonna go any further than to point out that particular thing. Yeah, I'm not gonna well. go as far as to disparage him in any other way other than I think that's not very classy. He's just <laughs> I, I he's he seems so far outside the normal mold of what a, the, the climbers that I interact with. And right. he's just kind of on He's like from a, a former pro snowboarder or right. something. Right. So I don't know if that influences his approach. Yeah. To, Maybe so. Maybe that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it was strange. Yeah. It was yeah. strange. Yeah. So yeah. yeah what, what else we got go- going? Um, well, how's our, how's our young friend Connor? Herson? Well, yeah, we wanted to um, point out a couple of things. Now, Connor Herson, Jim Herson's son, Jim Herson, an old time, uh, Yosemite climber, free climber, um, also an early free climber on El Cap. And, uh, his son, uh, last year sent the nose mm-hmm. at the age of 15 years old. Was um, he 15 or 13? I think I thought he was 15. 15. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Being, I think at the time it was the sixth person to climb the nose yeah. free. Um, well, he was back at it this, uh, this year and he came just like, it sounds like a hair's breadth away from freeing the triple direct. Um, which includes some really hard climbing on the mirror wall, as well as the changing corners and great roof on the on the nose. So, I mean, thirteen plus, yeah, thirteen plus. Um, and the big thing about Connor that I think is worthy of note is that he does this on the weekends. Like he's a full weekend warrior in the fall because he's in school. Because he's a school kid, he goes to high school. Yeah, yeah, he's pretending to learn about math. And yeah, then- and his dad is, I think, pretty. Uh, you know, it's got him in this mode of, of being pretty serious about getting to and from school. So it, basically, it's this, so sick. Yeah, it's so sick. And, and if anybody's interested, because it doesn't get reported, but you got to you got to look at Jim Herson's Facebook page because it's basically <laughs> like Jim is this proud papa for his son. And uh, that's where the info comes from. But I want to read this post um, from Jim from November 25th. Uh, 
it goes like this. It says, uh, quote, it can be challenging to comfort a disappointed kid when you couldn't be prouder of him. There is try hard. And then there's was Connor's attempt at freeing the triple direct this weekend. He cruised the first 26 pitches to the changing corners, although it took him a few goes on the great roof. He took a nice burn on the changing corners at dusk by headlamp and got to the end of the crux shelf. It looked promising, but after nine all-out burns the next day, nine burns, <laughs> like we're talking youth right there. That's like yeah, that's like a weekend of sport climbing for me. Yeah, I mean, no, it's like two weekends yeah. of sport climbing. Yeah. Nine all-out burns the next day, each tantalizing higher than the previous. He came up millimeters short. Ouch. He dialed in his new beta. He grew this year. So that's another issue of climbing these yeah, things. Is it's 16. tough when you're just growing. Yeah. And might have sent with an extra day. But that was strictly forbidden by weekender rules. So we climbed out, summited at 10 p.m., negotiated unsuccessfully with Peter and Greg for a ride back to El Cap Meadows. I don't know who they are. And slept back to the car at midnight. Choked down a quick dinner and topped off an excellent adventure with an all-night drive, just nipping out of Central Valley rush hour traffic to arrive home at 4.30 a.m. with plenty of time for a shower before 8 a.m. school bell. Casual. <laughs> my uh, high school was not like that. Yeah, that, yeah. My, yeah my sophomore year didn't look anything <laughs> no. like that. Yeah. So I was like well-rested and miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got no sleep, but he's stoked. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, hats off to Connor. Even though he didn't send, I'm sure as soon as that thing dries out in the spring, yeah. it'll be it's like yours. child's play. Leave yourself so, a few roots, though, for, yeah. so you don't out-climb out-cap by the time you graduate high school. Exactly. But uh, good on you, man. Good on you. Um, in the young climbers world, a quick mention is that our hometown hero, uh, Salish Schneider, who became the youngest person this spring or uh, early summer to climb El Cap, uh, was usurped. She was 10, year old, 10 years no. old when she did it. Uh, no. A nine-year-old named pearl johnson uh climbed it and so sailor's moment in the in the youngest person to climb el cap son uh was only a few months long damn yeah sorry sailor but, but yeah you're still she great. got a hell of a lot more press than pearl so yeah. congratulations pearl and uh you you know that moment in the sun you were still proud of you sailor still awesome achievement and uh you got your whole life of el cap roots ahead of you and the word on the street is there's a little brother in the uh in the Schneider clan that's uh that's itching to go. So yeah. maybe the Schneiders will will retake the crown before if they can hurry up. That whole youngest climber thing is tough because yeah. you, it's like a you, you only have be, a little while my, to do it. That could be Mike's new business ventures. <laughs> El Cap kids. Yeah, just guiding the yeah. younger, younger kids. Yeah. I want a cut of that, Mike, if you're listening. Mm. You and I have three year olds, so yeah. we they, we've got yeah, a lot okay, of Okay, free tuition then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think uh, one of the bigger stories would be, although I don't think it was as big as I think it should have been, was that uh, Tommy Caldwell and Alex Honnold with Kevin Jorgensen um, and Austin Sidek freed another route on El Cap, a new right. free route on El Cap. Yeah, that got no, like, no attention for some reason. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a, the normal kind of moment of intention. Although I did see that the, that the New York Times did pick up a, a blurb on it oh they did um yeah when i was looking on the internet but but yeah. otherwise yeah it was just kind of like yeah another free route got done yeah um but then you read into it and a bunch of cool stuff happened first of all it's super hard because it climbs one of the 13 plus pitches on the dawn wall plus mm -hmm. a whole bunch of other 513 maybe 514 they're just they're kind of you know 
holding back on throwing those 13, grades around. 14, they don't know. Yeah, they don't even know anymore. Um, it only took them with a little bit of, of sort of uh, recon work last year. The whole endeavor took them like three weeks mm-hmm. only this year. And, you know, as a reminder, the Donwall, you know, was this seven year odyssey. 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> 37 <laughs> years. Sorry, did I misspeak? <laughs> 37 year odyssey. Um, so, yeah, pretty impressive. And, and, and what I read from Tommy is that, yeah, he was even kind of like blown away by how quick it was. And, and yeah, because they described like a Hail Mary, like they, they didn't quite have it all sussed out. They just kind of went for it. Yeah, right. They, they, they hadn't really dialed it. And yeah. yet they were running out of time. And Tommy mentioned how his lifestyle just doesn't fit with some sort of seven year like grind that he yeah. put in before. So, because he's got fucking two kids. Yeah, he's got two kids, yeah. right? And uh, and a business and stuff too. So, but uh, Kevin had to bail, and uh, I know he put a bunch of work into it. And then uh, Tommy and Alex, uh, with support, uh, fired it in three, no, four days. So this and this like climbed. Um, I think what's interesting about this is the first half of it was done by Leah Holding, and I saw that there was um in 2006, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So quite passage, a long time ago. What was it? Passage, passage to Freedom. Okay. Yeah. And that was the route that he, Leo infamously bolted on, like an Alfa Romeo hood ornament or something like that. Yeah, as yeah. a crimp. As a crimp. Right, yeah. right near the uh, El Cap Tower. That never caught on as like a style. No. <laughs> I used to when hood I was ornaments. a ki- when I was a kid I used to um steal hood ornaments like I went through like a vandalism phase of my upbringing. Would you just tear them off or yeah, did just you tear bring them off. you bring you didn't bring like clippers with you? Um no, with the Mercedes-Benz ones you could yeah. just like go back and forth and yeah, they pop off. off. Yeah. Um I got into so much fucking trouble for that. <laughs> I remember I, I like had them like stored in my Oh, you mean destroying your neighbors like $50,000 yeah. vehicle is like my mom get you in trouble? was <laughs> super pissed about that. Hood ornaments are kind of like this antiquated thing. There's probably people who don't even know what Yeah, the they don't even know about. what we're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, the um my friend Darren and I we were, we had eyes on like a Mack truck bulldog, yeah, you know, like one of those big truck ones. But we that one you needed a screwdriver for, mm-hmm. and I don't think we had screwdrivers. And you don't want to mess with tr- <laughs> like truck drivers that much. No, I mean, <laughs> you know some Mercedes owner is just gonna come out and shake his fist at you, but. Yeah. You don't want to be grabbed by some Mack yeah. truck driver yeah. ripping. We his can take the Monopoly up. man, but not the. <laughs> well, I was thinking about those Mack truck ones, those bolt the big bulldogs, because I was like, yeah, you know, if I ever did that, I'd have to bolt those on because they'd be like total jugs, like rapper the, yeah. jugs. Yeah, right. That would be a cool route. Yeah, it Just would be. Just all Mack truck another, bulldogs, little bulldogs, because they they'd face up because you'd grab their little heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it'd be like little bulldogs running up a, a wall. That could be our um, contribution to like Leaning Tower. We could just bolt hood <laughs> ornaments onto the first pitch of hey, Leaning Tower. If fucking Leo did it, <laughs> you know? If fucking Leo can do it, why can't we, right? I mean, that guy got away with it. Everybody thought it was cool. <laughs> cheeky even. <laughs> what a cheeky move. Just fucking bolting Leo's, garbage on the Fucking Leo's the cheekiest, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow so back to this climb and not the hood ornament they bypassed the hood ornament uh by going up a little higher and coming over and then apparently leo had been trying to climb it basically that route arrived free except for the the hood ornament at el cap tower so mm-hmm. you're you're essentially arriving to the nose route and he was trying to go off of the tower as a new free climb and never could figure it out so it sounds like those guys actually 
climbed down a ways on the nose and then up a couple pitches um, and then did some massive traverse. Um, two pitches, they think they'd actually split it into three. Um, they might add like a belay uh, to get all the way over to the Don Wall mm-hmm. and then uh, climb Don Wall for a bit and then end up on a route called New Dawn. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, is that they said they found these pitches of just like absolute sharp splitter Indian Creek style cracks on there. Some of which I think I saw had been freed as individual pitches. I believe some of it by Leo, maybe when he was looking for a, a way to finish the route. Um, but yeah, it sounds like a pretty spectacular climb. Yeah. I mean, Tommy said that it was like the best climbing in the world that he'd ever done or something to that effect. Yeah. So too bad you got no credit or like acknowledgement for it other than like rock and ice magazine and climbing pit. Yeah. And that's interesting yeah. because so there was a route a couple of years ago or last year that was freed by Rob Miller and, and nobody really cared. Mm-hmm. Like, um, just kind of, kind of, I, this made me think of that. And I was like, gosh, that was even less known. And, um, but the thing that made me think of it is that one of the things I think that's opening these routes is this, this willingness to a down climb and B do all this lateral movement, which I, I, I know it's like when you come to free climbing, it's totally fine. It's totally legal, but I don't think people had like wrapped their head around this idea. Yeah, of, Not all routes need to just go up. Right. But I think that that's like a a little bit of a new way of thinking. I mean, the future free climbs. The future is a girdle, tra- a free girdle traverse of El Cap. Yeah, like fifty. What is it? A hundred pitches. Yeah, something like that. Mac, Chris Mack, and somebody did the actual like aid yeah. version of that. Free a free girdle traverse is the future. Yeah, that's yeah. You heard it here first, Connor Herson. Get on it. <laughs> that would be future. sick, though. No, Pearl Johnson. She's only nine. She's yeah. got plenty of time to do this free girdle yeah. girdle traverse. She needs to start training by climbing sideways. Exactly. Um, yeah. So anyway, maybe should have received more sort of news, but uh, maybe maybe not. Maybe you know we're in this era now. I mean, one of the things I think that's cool about why we're talking about El Cap again is not just the new free climbing, like and the hardest routes getting done, but the fact is, is that you know the kind of ceiling for who's going up to try to free El Cap is is definitely getting down into the everyman. Yeah, you know, and it's obviously. You know, you got to climb hard, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, it's no longer just the realm of the Hoobers and people like that. And that's, I think, personally, I think, I mean, that's been going on for, for at least a decade. I think that's really cool. Do you think there needs to be a new conversation around just style and ethics and tactics that people are taking? Because it seems to be, I mean, a lot of people now are just wrapping down to work pitches and leaving fixed ropes and... Is that an unsustainable way to approach this new era of free climbing on El Cap? Yes. Where, where it's just like, you know, your average Joe Blow is, has his ropes or is, or there's like fixed crag ropes that belong to no one. Yeah. I think it's all connected. Yeah. And I think it's connected in that, in that we, there was a time when literally, you know, the few people who were free climbing on El Cap knew each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally knew each other and could all work it all out and who's got their ropes where and things like that. And that's gone. Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of times the fixed rope thing of, of leaving your ropes there to work the pitches to mini traction or whatever it happens to be comes from this place of like, I'm a super elite climber and there's really nobody else up here or very few people come up here. So I'm really not in the way. 
that's gone. Like, right. Well, it actually was never gone. I mean, it was always gone on a, on the nose because you've got eight climbers climbing through. So yeah. I think that, I mean, I really, in, in Jim Herson is, is a big, you know, spokesperson for this because of the problems him and Connor have run into with fixed ropes. I on think the it's, nose. Yeah, on the nose in particular. But I, I think unless you're new rooting, you know, if it's your new route, fantastic. You know, put your ropes on it. But I, I just think it's it's by the wayside because, you know, if, if well, Joe Blow concern? from Boulder can go up and, and free climb these routes, then what's how is it you have a right to put ropes in these people's way? Well, who is, it, well, who are these people now? Just the aid? Is it the interference with the people who want to have a ground up aid climbing experience, or and with the interference with more so with free climbing? I mean, when it came to Connor Herson on the nose last year, he he you know he fell because the ropes were in his way. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're on delicate movement like the changing corners, just just even the presence of the rope is enough to fuck with you. I'm just you like know? picturing like what the Grand Junction gym is like, where you like literally can't climb without strangling yourself in all the top ropes that they have yeah right and that that's i mean it just aside from like the the actual physical problem of a rope being in the way Mm -hmm. it's on the anchor you can't use the anchor the way you want to use it it's in the way of the climbing it's it's still it's it's a it's a you know it's an imposition to arrive at a pitch and and have a rope hanging on it Mm -hmm. you know when you're up there for this adventurous experience. No, you do not have to use the rope, but all of a sudden it changes the whole equation of commitment for the A climbers and for the for the free climbers. Yeah, and it's just in the way. It's just in the way. Yeah. And it's just it, it's I unnecessary. Think, yeah, I th- I think we're moving. Personally, I feel like we're moving into an era. The ability to go up there and climb these routes without like months of rehearsing and leaving your fixed ropes in everybody's way is. You know, it's now a prerequisite to, to to climb on it. You know, it's like. But what's the solution? I mean, is it possible to wrap to fix a rope down to like the changing corners, let's say, and then as you climb out, take the rope with you? Yeah, I mean, I yeah. I think that's like an interim thing, but it's. Yeah. I mean, again, in the season on the nose, you're still in the way of everybody because yeah. you're, you know, while you're down there climbing that route, like maybe two, three parties pass you. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like, I mean, it's a, it's a huge longer discussion that, that I think doesn't fit into this little wrap up thing, but I just feel like, you know what it's like, it's, it's like Mm yo-yoing, you know, yo-yoing was a style that that's how climbs got freed Mm -hmm. and, you know, we can get into the ins and outs of it, but basically, you know, you, you would climb until you fell, then you would lower to the ground and then you would climb back up to your high point and keep with going. With your top rope. Yeah, with your top rope. Yeah. And that was considered a free climb. But eventually they tossed that out as being dumb and, you know, everybody's like rolling their eyes like, yeah, you just top rope 90% of it. I think it's like that. Like we need to have a sea change mm. where, yes, you can go ahead and use your fixed ropes, but the we're, rest of us are going to be like... We're rolling our eyes so far into so the back far, of our head right. that you can't even believe it. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I mean, it's just... It's definitely my opinion, but I think it's there's a lot of people out there running into the situation of being like, "Fuck this! What are these ropes doing all over this climb?" Yeah, you know. And, uh, and but again, is it just like eight climbers are mad that there's people who are better than them? No, no, I don't think so because I like I said, I think the free climbers are are yeah. are running into it as much as anybody. Yeah. You know, I don't think there has to be like a hundred percent strict black and white rules made up. Mm-hmm. It just comes down to that. Is your shit in everybody else's way? Is your stuff up there for two weeks 
you know, impacting everybody else's ascent. If it is, you have no right to do that. Mm -hmm. None, you know, within the context of of the way we climb. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But that's we're already now we're already like way off on the tangent. No, Good job, is, Tommy and and, uh, and yeah. Alex. Yeah. Um. What else happened? And maybe they had fixed ropes on there. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? They, they just jugged the last half yeah. of it. After if you the, if you did, you guys need to fucking step up a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> We've got some uh, hood ornaments for you guys. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. A, a small note that we just noticed or just um read about is. Wayne Mary, who was on the first ascent of the nose with Warren Harding and George Whitmore. I think. Um, yeah, those guys were the ones who finished it. Um, uh, Mark Powell and um, Dolt. What was Fuhrer? What was his first name? Bill Fuhrer. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, on, we're also working on it, but didn't finish the climb with them. Anyway, the, the storied, protracted finish, the, the all-night uh, bolting on the head wall, um, the 12-day push at the end, that uh, Wayne Mary was on that and uh, he just passed away at the age of 88. Um, and you were saying he was like a badass. Yeah. Like he, beyond, he, yeah. beyond being the he, first ascent of the nose. Um, he was a conservationist by trade. And so he became a ranger in Yosemite. He became a ranger in Denali early on. Um, he was one of the founders of the Yosemite Guiding School in the end of the 60s. And then sounds like he lived uh, much of his life like kind of deep in the bush in, in British Columbia. And was uh, working at universities way, way up north, like on Baffin Bay and stuff like that. Oh, so cool. it sounded like a quite an adventure and an adventurous life. And yeah. lived to eighty eight. So damn right. Yeah, good we for married, you. Good on, good on you. Um, and then the other thing that happened that was like maybe the biggest news in some ways was uh the fall heard around the world. Right. Um, our friend Emily Harrington took a whipper. Former guest. Former guest took a whipper, and it was like all over the news mm-hmm. and she i mean she banged herself up and she got some bad rope burn on her neck and she kind of looked like she'd been in a car accident but uh was you know fine didn't break anything or anything like that um but she she's been working on trying to do a, a golden gate in a day free right and that was her big goal this fall and she came real close a few weeks ago and fell um, on I think the last five thirteen pitch high on the route, right. couldn't do it. Just kind of burned out. So she had like one last day to do it, and uh, enlisted Alex Honnold for the belay. And pro- I don't know what time they were starting. It was probably like six in the morning or something. Earlier, I think. Yeah, yeah. early. Yeah, she probably wasn't really awake yet, and just ate shit on the first pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I mean. <laughs> I saw this on the news and stuff, and I was like, "Oh my god, Emily, are you okay?" And she was like, "She seemed like she was okay, but yeah, it's just interesting that it got so much attention." I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, anything Alex Honnold is involved with gets yeah. attention. I mean, that's just the way it is. Because, yeah. like, the the literally, I read headlines. Uh, you know, Emily Harrington falls is saved by free solo climber superstar Alex Honnold. <laughs> like. That's it. That's the whole headline. Yeah. Like no context whatsoever. And, yeah, know? I saw. Like, I yeah, saw yeah. that too, and yeah. I was like, in picturing him like helping her down from like the twentieth pitch. Or right, right. Like but but I mean, and it's I I don't know all the details, but uh, you know they were they were preparing to sama climb. Mm-hmm. Alex was still on the ground, and uh, so fell on the first pitch pitch or pitch and a half of the of the uh, free blast. 510 or maybe maybe she got as high as into the 511 bit um probably not actually 
So, and I remember that pitch being, you know, uh, I was telling you that I was like, you know, do to do to do my way up this five ten hand crack and and literally got into this. I like just climbed myself up into the, one of those things where I was a ways run out, and all of a sudden just like got a little desperate. And I, I remembered like you know that just rise in my heart rate of like holy shit 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 I gotta pay like attention. yeah pay attention and could come off here and I think that's all that happened is she just slipped and you know in the morning you've got that weird kind of feel of the rock if it's cold and yeah. fingers are cold and stuff like that but you know she took a huge whipper because uh, Alex was preparing to free climb but um, had a bunch of rope on the ground in his own quotes. Um, which I don't know. I mean, you know, those, those folks, they just blow off a lot of stuff that we consider sort of standard yeah. practice. But even in Sama climbing, the times we I've done it, you know, you belay until the rope comes to you. Right. And so, um, you know, he's in, in the articles, he sort of talked his way around it, but, uh, it even, even in the articles it brought up that there was, you know, some possibility for criticism of, of his, uh, he had a health, healthy amount of slack out. Yeah, a healthy amount of slack and was tying his shoes. So. Yeah. Um, and he caught her. He caught the rope with his hands. And then right? he eventually stopped the rope with his hands, which is the part where I'm like, well, you know, even if you're tying your shoes, you can be just throwing rope out of your grigri with one hand. Yeah. You know, so I, in, until again, it comes tight and it comes time for yeah. you to climb. So anyhow, you know, they, they both walked away from it. Uh, Emily's still psyched to try this thing. And in uh, speaking of her previous attempt, I mean, um, I've, I climbed that route last year and, uh, the, one of the, I mean, really difficult things about that is that the, the two hardest pitches, not, not, not really. Well, two of the har- of the three hard, hardest pitches on it are right at the end of the route. So as far as doing it in a day, I mean, you're, you know, it's a total stamina, mm-hmm. uh, thing that's just super, super impressive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the first, when I climbed it and we didn't free it, um, but you have to free a lot of it. Um, I, you know, the first time I, I saw Emily again, I was just like, basically like on the ground, like bowing to her because it's a gnarly hard route and it's a big, big step up from the free rider. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, whether she does it or not, the fact that she's even climbed all but 30 feet of it, free yeah. climbed in a day is super impressive. And the only people to do that is Tommy, Alex, and, uh, the late now Brad Gobright oh, wow. climbed it all. Those three did it in a day. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And Jordan Cannon has put in some effort on trying to do it in a day. And Dude, Emily's so rad. Well. Yeah, she's, she's fucking such, rad. She's such a good climber. Um, but Alex caught her with his hands. <laughs> oh, we want to go back to that. <laughs> I mean, that's the impressive. rope. Caught yeah. the rope. Caught the hands. rope. I yeah. mean, yeah, he didn't, he didn't catch her falling body. He caught, he stopped <laughs> Which her would fall. actually make that headline even more impressive if he well, had just Sun- caught her in his arms. Like Sonny Trotter caught, um, Steve Townsend or who, who did he catch? Um, yeah. Steve Townsend in his arms. Who's Steve Townsend? Wait, man boy. Oh, on uh follow man do you know that story no 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 yeah i mean he he lowered his partner off the end of his rope at at the vrg right and caught him in his arms and like saved his life basically right right. um so that doesn't count though if you're the one who lowered him off the end of the rope right he he got back to even steven he he got to he got back to even steven yeah it was a wash um but yeah but there's a lesson in that even tony trotter has lowered people off the end of the rope yeah. put a knot in the end of your fucking rope totally always yeah i guess on the one hand um probably very few people could catch you with their bare hands on a rope 
and uh, Alex Holland up his. They're just so out. his hands are so leathery. Yeah, they're he's just, climbed so much that and he just caught like, himself in that um, in the no speed record on, his, on the rope. Yeah, too. yeah, so he's he's got that like yeah. special strength that it's, Dean Potter like yeah had. It's the new thing. Yeah. Uh, hard climbers are not even going to use blade devices yeah, anymore. Just <laughs> grab the rope with their hands. <laughs> um, other free climbing news: uh, Babsy and her boyfriend freed the nose. Mm. Both of them. What's his name again? It doesn't uh, matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, his name is Jacobo Larcher. Yeah. And he's also indeed a badass. Yeah, totally. No, uh, we yeah. always just joke about that because yeah. Babsy's is just so rad. And it's not even behind his back. I joke with him about it too. So. Yeah, to his face. Um, yeah. And he knows it. He knows like he knows what what he's uh what he's hitched his wagon to there with Babsy. And and uh those guys, I mean, they've just had an impressive few years and on El Cap just I mean the thing is that they show up and they get it done. Yeah. Like I, the, the, the season was amazing. And then the, the weather just, the door closed in Yosemite pretty much. And so all these things kind of, ha- a lot of them happened right at the rate as like the weather was, was looming. Mm-hmm. Um, and so congrats to, to Babsy and, and, and Jacopo for firing off yet another El Cap route. And to do Donwall next. I, think. I know. I mean, I can't imagine it's, it's not in there. In their mind, unless Paige Clausen steps unless up, unless Paige <laughs> steps up and does it <laughs> first. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. But uh, I mean, but the, I don't think the cool thing about those guys is that also they don't. You know, I, I think free climbing the nose is rad, mm-hmm. and it's still noteworthy. But it's not. You know, they're not searching around for like the most media worthy thing to do next no it's just like this is like an iconic classic route you got to go take it off yeah and they just want to climb you know they want to climb on el cap and and free climb and so i i totally appreciate this idea that they're not these hounds for like what's the coolest reticent who's you know do i have to get a first female ascent like babsy's never really concerned herself with that stuff and and i fucking love that yeah it's super cool because she's just like oh let's just go sample the area classics Oh, right. free ascent of the nose. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, great, great, awesome uh, inspirations in climbing, both mm-hmm. those two, um, because they're also really fun. Uh, Jacopo, like I said, he takes our, the ribbing with, with uh, you know, good heart, and, and uh, he's just a fun, super nice guy. So, uh, hats off to them. And then also it got freed by, uh, what's this cat's name? Some Belgian guy. Some Belgian guy. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Good job, some Belgian guy. If you some, kn- if you know Belgian your name, guy that's not Nico Favras. Yeah, if you know your name, you can email it to us <laughs> at info at, <laughs> at info at, at runoutpodcast.com. No, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> All right, we're just kidding. I looked his name as Sebastian Berthay or Berth or B E R T H E. If you know how to pronounce your name, you can email, <laughs> email us. us at info at runoutpodcast.com. No, but the, the reason I I, you know, I want to bring this up is is he also seems like uh, just a cool, have fun type of climber, mm-hmm. dude. Um, I because I started following him after I found out on Instagram, and um, yeah, he's got a good attitude, and uh, you know, I think he's something of a of a sponsored or, or professional climber of some sort, but not not like a superstar yet. And uh, yeah. so you know, hats off to that guy too for. For getting up there and free climbing this thing through the uh through the traffic that goes on there i just always think about what these folks are like dealing with in the season um with yeah. you know multiple multiple parties on the nose at all times yeah and uh so what's next 
Besides the girdle traverse, the free girdle traverse. Oh, wait, we got to do one more. We got to give a shout out to Nelly. Oh, Nelly. Yeah. 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 Our friend Nelly. Um, so, yeah, we got to give a shout out to our friend Nelly. Nelly. Uh, Nelly Milfeld. Cedar Wright's wife. Cedar Wright's wife. wife. Um, the, the, the badass lawyer. Badass lawyer. Uh, so, like, just a work a day person. Um, a, P, a PD, actually. So, totally work a day lawyer. Mm-hmm. And uh, got out there and, and uh, freed the uh, free rider. Mm-hmm. So, hats off to Nelly. Yeah. Yeah. Go, Nelly. Yeah. Yeah, Nellie's rad. Yeah, she should be sponsored by North Face. She should more be, so really. than her husband. Yeah, more so than Cedar. And you heard it here. We're not you heard afraid it here of you, Cedar. Cedar. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd be the first one to admit it secretly. <laughs> no, he's he's all full of praise for yeah, his, his totally. fucking badass wife for yeah. sure, for sure. So um, yeah, and, and that's like what I'm talking about is that this is in, in, you know not to take away from Nellie's ascent, but we're you know we're in this era where El Cap's getting freed. Where you don't even hear about it, yeah, and and you could be a public defender and yeah. free El Cap, yeah, and like no problem. And she's an amazing climber, and she yeah. works her ass off and trains and is totally, you know. But nevertheless, you know, she's a, a work a day person with a career and goes out there. And so you got Connor Hurston in one end that's <laughs> doing it on the weekends. You got you know people like Nelly with lives, and um, you know, you got folks. And I just want to I want to bring that up to like encourage people. Yeah, totally. To go out there and, you know, just get on there and free climb because it's, it is just an incredible experience to be, you know, even on the nose, be climbing five, nine cracks that high off the ground and in that kind of flow as opposed to hanging in eighters. Just don't use fixer ropes. Yeah, just don't use fixer ropes to do it. If you have a comment, topic suggestion, or just a good bit of climbing trivia, join us at our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash runoutpodcast, or drop us a line at our webpage, runoutpodcast.com.